In this episode, we talk about the trailers for Stranger Things 2, Iron Fist, and Samurai Jack, then review Red Oaks and Arrival. Plus, Volpe had an accident with his thumb, and I interview Emily Beecham, who plays the widow on AMC's Into the Badlands. All this and more on The Geek Generation. Hey now, everybody. Hey. Welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio by Mike Volpe. I am here. How you doing, Mike? I'm okay. All How right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, no. Oh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about what... Yeah, how that just downward spiraled on me yesterday. Downward spiral. Oh yeah, it was a great day. It involves poop. So it involves poop. Of course it does, because what would be a story without either boobs or poop? Why does everything involve poop? I don't you? know because it's, my life works out in such a way that poop is timed into it quite well. I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't know because it was just a rough morning. <laughs> Hashtag no butt stuff. Yeah. Um, guys, we have so many things going on this episode. Uh, first of all, we're very happy to welcome back Mike Volpe to the show. It's good it's been, to be back. Episode two. Uh, I don't know where we are, d- yeah, I know. <laughs> we're in the like 280s at this point. It's Wait a insane. minute. This is like a reboot. We no, please something. don't ever. Don't ever. No, definitely not a reboot. Um, but uh, at the end of the episode, we're going to get there uh, and you guys will hear it in the podcast later on. But we have an interview with Emily Beecham, who plays the widow on Into the Badlands, which season two is just around the corner. So that was recorded uh, months ago, and it's been out on the website in kind of a text readable form. But we didn't have it out there in audio form. Uh, I'm going to have that for you at the end of the show today, so you can check that out. But before we get to that, we have all the things that we usually do here. So let's jump right into our geek outs. Yay! Mike Volpe. Oh, uh, I did not watch the Super Bowl. Nor did I. Who cares about football? Nope. I mean, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. But uh, good things do come from it, usually in the form of trailers and funny commercials. But uh, we had uh, the debut of, I believe it was during the Super Bowl, right? It was the debut of the trailer for or the uh, sneak peek of Stranger Things. Uh, season two, yeah, which is very exciting because season one was awesome. Season one was, was great. It was nice to see a brand new show with something new to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and season two looks like it's going to take it to an, another whole level. Oh yeah, I very mean, the trailer for season is, two is awesome. Yeah, and clearly this is not. I, I, it seems as though what was season one was contained inside of a little town. Mm-hmm. Season two is going to be bigger. I mean, just in that those last few moments of the trailer where there's something huge some sort of yeah. giant monster yep um, so i'm really excited for this because that first season uh absolutely kicked ass i was pretty thrilled to see the ghostbuster costumes personally. that too they did they're doing such a great job of i don't know doing throwing back to to the 70s in shows or the 80s or the 90s like when they do yeah. i guess a period piece mm-hmm. no matter what it is they just they nail it now, and all the the pop culture references and everything yeah. are yeah they're right on point yeah absolutely yeah Stranger Things uh, season two is gonna be amazing I'm very curious to see the direction they take it mm-hmm. especially since they're gonna be using the new characters and everything or new characters sorry same characters yep um and bringing back ones that we thought were pretty much gone yeah and isn't the I thought I saw something the other day that uh, 
the kid who played the big brother in um oh god the wonder years is he in it is, is he? it is it him i thought it was like a i, I could have sworn i saw something that he was going to be in it it's possible because like they're reaching back to try to find cast who had big roles in the 80s or in different movies and stuff and put them into the movie i could have sworn i saw that if i didn't then i dreamt no it. it's it's very possible i don't I don't see. I know people think I see absolutely everything that happens on the internet, but I assure you, well, no, I do you can't not. because the internet <laughs> it moves so fast now. Yeah, it does. I was thinking of that on my way over. I'm like, how do we, how do we stay on top of this stuff? Yeah, no, it's there's so not much. Easy. Yeah, it's like hard to stop and focus. But uh, I also started. Well, I, I had mentioned that, that I watched The Man in the High Castle the first season. Yeah, you did the, a review on that uh, yeah. previously. And it was a great show. It left on a really weird note that left me going, I don't understand, like, what just happened. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Is this a dream? Is this really happening? Where Where are we with all of this? Yeah, and based on that, I wasn't sure if you were going to be watching So I started two season two. I'm about halfway through it. Um, and they very quickly clear all those questions up oh, good. and then raise a whole bunch of new ones <laughs> well yeah i mean you need a season right But uh, so far i'm halfway through i know a lot of people probably have finished it at this point because it has been out mm-hmm. but what a great season what a great show too um I, did you watch it i watched uh, a couple of the episodes because you were going to be talking about it yeah uh, but it's not something that i stuck with now no you couldn't get into it i i think it's i mean it was fine uh but my plate is so full that it's not something that was a high enough priority for me to like put over other things that I'm watching. Right. It is an hour. Yeah. It is a long hour too. Um, but season two is really, really good. So I'm very excited to see how this is going to wrap up because there's through the first season now to the second, not, that's not really a spoiler, but obviously if you don't know what the story is, we lost World War II. Mm-hmm. The Nazis and the Japanese have taken over America. There's a small segment in the middle that's like a neutral zone. But basically, the West Coast is owned is controlled by Japan. The East Coast is controlled by the Nazis. And there's tension building between them. And there's a lot of hints that there's going to be you know, more bombs dropped. Uh, that the Nazis are going to nuke the Japanese. Um, and then there's bigger things going on. So the season is really unfolding and going in directions that I didn't think it was going to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't wait to see how it wraps up and if there's going to be another season. Because I know with the book, there was only one book. Yeah. And it left on a cliffhanger like the show did. So I think what they're doing now is completely their own path. Oh, okay. So they're season two it. is picking up where they left off. Yeah, because and... the author was going to do a second book, but he never got around to it. Mm-hmm. He never did it. Because I, what I read was he didn't know what to do with it. Like, sure, where do you sure. go from here? Yeah. But with the TV show, they're they're taking their own path. So, the sky's the limit with what they can do. Sounds good. Very exciting show. Awesome. Oh, those are your two geeks. That's it. Just right. two. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, what's up? What's coming? Um. So my first geek out then is the Iron Fist trailer, uh, which just dropped recently. Uh, it is the let's see they've done so far on Marvel on Netflix has done Daredevil seasons one and two, they've done Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and they've done Luke Cage. So this makes this the fifth season or the fifth uh, new character that they're introducing: Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Yep. No, uh, third, fourth, 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 fourth series. I don't know, guys. Well, with Daredevil. <laughs> well, yeah, but there are two seasons of Daredevil. Oh, but right. so yeah, yeah. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, yep. Luke Cage. 
Yeah. Uh, so Iron Fist is the fourth Four. person that they're bringing in. He is, as they say in the trailer, the last defender. So um, for people that aren't aware, although I think most people are at this point, um, all of these characters will be in a either it's either a series. I think it's a series or it's a movie uh, that will be called Marvel's The Defenders that will also be on Netflix that brings this group of characters together. So that is the the big culmination of everything that we're seeing here. Um, and Iron Fist is the last piece of that puzzle moving into the Defenders. And also, uh, for people that are unfamiliar with the character of Iron Fist, you have uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage in the comics. They're also referred to as the Heroes for Hire. So I imagine they're not really going to get into this before doing Defenders. Maybe it will, it will be something that happens afterwards. But Luke Cage and Iron Fist kind of become like superhero mercenaries in a way. Oh, that's cool. And they become the heroes for hire. You can hire them to solve your problems for you. It's the Acolyte Protection Agency. Yeah, it's, it's kind of that <laughs> idea. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So and I'm, do they only, uh, when in that series, mm-hmm. are, are they definitely good guys? Or oh, yeah. Or are yeah. they walking a weird line where like they're hired to do a job that eh, might be in the gray area? As far as I know, they're, I mean, Again, I'm not ultra, ultra familiar with mm-hmm. their storylines, but as far as I know that, yes, they are uh, they are still cool. superheroes, but they just do it for money because they got to make a living. Right. You've seen how much trouble they're having <laughs> just operating in their day to day lives in right. the series so far. However, Danny Rand, uh, as you see, who is Iron Fist, as you see in the trailer, mm-hmm. has a little bit of money behind him. A little bit. A little bit. He's got a little bit of a Tony Stark thing going. Yeah. Slash, you know, Bruce Wayne. Kind yeah, it's not a money's new. Chilling. It's not a new trope we've seen no. in the. Uh, I like what they're all. doing though, because this is definitely Amazon's answer to what uh, Netflix's. Uh, that's what I mean. Uh, Netflix's <laughs> am, uh, answer to what is it? The WB. Oh, CW. Show? CW. Yep. It, the, the WB. Where am I, where am I going? I'm How many back years ago. Is that? Yeah. 1998. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, People yeah, they, were so excited well. to see Supergirl yep. and Flash and everybody. And they're like, we got to capitalize on that as well. Yeah, at this point, they might as well be calling it the DCW. Yeah, right. They pretty much run that show. Because one more show, and they have one on every day of the week. Really? Yeah, they have one on That's Monday. Cool. To uh, Monday, Supergirl. Tuesday is the Flash. Wednesday is Arrow. Thursday is DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That's very exciting. It is. It's cool that they're doing that. At the same time, they go, oh, my God, this is so much material. And it's a cohesive universe. They have five shows that yeah. I have to watch that I know. intertwine. I know. If I miss one, how do I? Ah! That's the hard part. <laughs> I, I, I just go, I can't handle this stress. Yeah. Uh, my next geek out is the Samurai Jack season five trailer. Uh, we had talked before on the show about Samurai Jack making a return. It's been something like 13 years since season four of Samurai Jack ended, which is pretty crazy. I didn't think it had been that much time. Um, but in the kind of synopsis for season five and what they're doing, and they did call it like a limited series. So I think they're coming back for like the one season mm-hmm. because Samurai Jack never got a proper send off. So they kind of want to wrap up the story and I believe send it out on a uh, high note. Mm-hmm. So it's been 50 years since we saw Samurai Jack and time has not been kind to him. Aku has destroyed every time portal and Jack has stopped aging, a side effect of time travel. It seems he is cursed to just roam the land for all eternity. His past haunts him as well as a cult of assassins dedicated to killing him for Aku's glory. And the new season of Samurai Jack premieres on Saturday, March 11th at 11 p.m. on Adult Swim. So this is definitely going to be aimed more at our age 
mm-hmm. for sure. This is not being targeted for kids. And it Samurai Jack never felt like a show for kids anyway. I never watched it. It's really good. It's it. a very strong show. Visually, it's wonderful. Um, it's uh, a, a show from uh, Gendy Tartofsky, who's the same guy who created Dexter's Lab and the Powerpuff Girls. Okay. So uh, it's that kind of creative brain, but it's more adult oriented. Same artistic style. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Yep. And even even more beautiful than uh, the others. Like those shows look great uh, and they're definitely cartoons. But there's like a cinematic quality to Samurai Jack that kind of elevates it, I would say, material wise above cool. the others. Yeah. Really, really like it. Uh, my last geek out is a show called Master Chef. Um, it's a show I've been watching with my friend Aaron and we've been uh, kind of binging a few episodes from it over the course of the last few months and uh there's like 25 episodes in this <laughs> season we start with yeah. season four i think they're up to like five or six for mm-hmm. currently running so we jump back and we uh start watching from season four but it's um it's a cooking competition yeah and i love food so <laughs> it seems like awesome yeah it seemed like a narrow fit yes it's i See, I feel weird when people refer to this stuff as reality TV because it doesn't even feel like it. It feels like a game show with a slightly adjusted format. Reality TV for me feels like people just it's just about the interactions between the people. The show is way more focused on both the food and the competition Mm -hmm. than it is the relationships between the people involved. And that's what I enjoy about it. It's much more of a game show. Um, And fortunately, uh, we I just saw the finale of season four last night. And the person that we both wanted to win ended up winning. Cool. So that was just like a bonus on top of everything. So really cool. I'm going to probably end up watching more MasterChef in the future. Do you watch um, all the shows like the Cupcake Wars and the, ch- uh, what is it, Chopped? No, I don't. No. Um, it's again, it's one of those things that I just don't have a ton With of time Master for. MasterChef, what is, is it, uh, like, what are they cooking? Are these guys like world renowned chefs? No. So these are, or? these are home, they refer to them as home chefs. Okay. So they're people who, uh, are just like regular people who are really good at cooking. They don't necessarily have any formal training. They might have learned from their parents or other people. They might have taken some classes, but they're not working in the industry as like chefs or anything. So um, their challenges, sometimes they'll get things like a mystery box. Mm -hmm. They'll all be at their cooking stations and they'll lift up a crate that has a bunch of ingredients under it. They don't know what it's going to be. Um, and they have to use some of those ingredients in whatever recipe they're going to make. They usually get like an hour to make something. And then it's judged by like Gordon Ramsay, um, yeah. Graham and Joe, the other two judges. I don't remember their last names. Uh, but it's so it's stuff like that. Then uh, they'll have a pressure challenge and they'll have team challenges sometimes. So they'll split into two teams. They'll make a bigger thing and have to work as a group. Um, they'll have a pressure challenge for the people who we're like on the bottom of the so like if, if if a bunch of people make it through from the mystery box, yep. then maybe like the bottom three are in a pressure challenge where they have to then uh, prepare whatever dish is presented to them. And then that's how they decide who's going to be eliminated. Oh, okay. And it's fun. I like it. Well, it requires but it requires skill. It does. It does. And it's impressive to see what they come up with. I like right. the artistry of cooking. So you remember when the Food Network and. I guess the cooking channel only yeah. talked about like cooking only had like uh, cooking instructional right? shows. Yeah. It was like, I don't even remember. 
I can't even name anybody now. None of them are there anymore. No, but, no. Like, Emerald was on, and Emerald would just cook something and be like, here's the dish. Emerald was the food channel when it first started. He was. He brought – remember when he blew up so big that he ended up on – what's it? Like primetime TV? Yeah. I think it lasted for a week, and then they threw bam. it back on the Food Network. But Bam, bam, bam. There's so <laughs> many competition shows, and they're so good, too. Yeah, yeah. They're fun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't try to get into a ton of them, but they're a good, like, they're a good thing to watch with other people. I don't think I'd necessarily watch them on my own, really, but. Well, Ashley likes the baking one. So the Cupcake Wars are cool. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Justin Willman is the host of that, right? I think so. Cupcake Wars, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's wonderful. He's a magician comedian. Very, very funny guy. Um, Those are my geek outs, though. So let's hop then into our freakouts. Oh, freakout! All right. This is probably totally bucking the system here but like the logan trailers are just not doing it no it's just so i didn't read the comics Mm -hmm. but i went online i brushed up i like what is old man logan about so let me figure this out let me understand it so i read through what they were about the, the the story arc and what happened and then the trailer comes out for logan and i'm like this does not feel like Clearly, because of legal issues, they can't pull certain characters into the movie. Right, they can't, yeah. Like, the Hulk can't show up mm-hmm. and, and stuff. But I'm worried. I, I feel like what they're going to do with this last movie is going to be kind of what they've done all along. But specifically with the first Wolverine movie, mm-hmm. was like they took the idea and everybody was so pumped. Cool, a Wolverine origin story. We're going to learn about his past. And mm-hmm. then they butchered the shit out of it. Um, I'm just not feeling it. I don't feel like this is Wolverine. I feel like I'm just watching an old dude chilling in the middle of the desert mm-hmm. like i don't know i'm just not i doesn't feel like him to me unless i'm missing something or they're just showing you a small small segment of what this movie is gonna be mm-hmm. i'm just not feeling it yeah i'm not I, um, getting into it and it it frustrates me because i'm like oh this could be really cool you know all the mutants are dead wolverine's one of the last few you mm-hmm. know there it was it's just not i'm not feeling it i'm not getting it I uh but people I, seem pumped. They that, do. That's they the do. thing is the response I see is finally like all positive. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, eh, I don't really care. And I feel like a, a party pooper. There's a few reasons I think people are excited for it. Um, one of which is that it is, like you said, the old man Logan story. In a way, it's an adaptation of that, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a very popular book in the comics. Yeah. So that's kind of getting comic fans amped up. I think for people that aren't familiar with the story as much, uh, I am not personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that maybe something that looks this different is exciting instead of getting the typical like the, the X-Men movies do kind of follow a similar feel and vibe and everything. And this is something very different. So that's something that might be exciting for them, too. I'm a little more in your camp as to where I'm seeing the trailers and I'm like, okay, that looks like moody and mm-hmm. weird and different. Uh, I'm not sh- sure if it feels like a Wolverine movie. And maybe that's the intent. Yeah. Maybe it's um, the idea that Marvel has been creating. All their movies feel like Marvel movies. But if you look at what they are, like we had said before, Winter Soldier is like a political espionage movie. Um, Ant-Man is much more of a heist movie. Wolverine and Logan might be this kind of like Western swan song type idea. So it's not just doing the same thing over and over again. They're kind of I like that they're kind of swinging for the fences 
and doing something different. I'm not sure that it's something I'm looking for or something for me, but I like that they're trying. You're going to see it? Or you're oh, gonna... I'll, I'll see it for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it, but it, the world itself, the world doesn't intrigue me. I'm not big on post-apocalyptic. Uh, I don't like... Uh, I almost started doing a Howard Stern impression just because I've been listening so much. He does the soupy sales thing. He's like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like post-apocalyptic <laughs> movies. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like empty, empty environments. It's got this feeling like he's going to be mopey, depressed Wolverine who I'm not taking my claws out ever again. And yeah, it's going to build yeah. to I have to save the kid. Claws are coming out, and then he's just going to kill everybody because it's rated R, right? Yeah, it is. So Which is another thing I think people are excited about. People to shreds yep. and. I don't know. You're just missing out on big bads like the you know Sinister and and Hulk being in it. Mm. And, you know, just... and they've revealed who the kid is too. We all knew. We all yeah. were speculating and thought that that's definitely X twenty three. Right. And then they just straight out came and said it. So right. Which I guess is fine. I guess people are excited. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, I'm not. And really I loved either. Wolverine too because when like the X Men movies came out, I was so pumped. We were all so pumped, like Wolverine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, he, and this is no no knock to Hugh Jackman because I feel like he is Wolverine. He's also just been doing it for so long that we're kind of like ninety nine okay. or was it two thousand? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, but I don't know. I, I'm one. I'm gonna have to wait and see what people really say about it, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, all right, if they say it's good, I'll go see it. Yeah. Uh, my next freak out is actually Krispy Kreme. This I am curious about because so, I know how much you love it. I downloaded the Krispy Kreme app mm-hmm. because an ad on Facebook told me that if I did, you get a free donut. Yay. So I'm like, cool. All right. I set up an account. It was super easy. Took two seconds. Instantly, they're like, in the app is a barcode that's specific to you. Mm-hmm. All your credits build up. Every time you buy something, you get credits. So it's like a loyalty rewards exactly. program. Nice. It's I like awesome. it. Awesome. I love cool. those things. So I get that. At the same time, my birthday hits, and they go, hey, here's another free donut and a free coffee. Any coffee you want, free. All right. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to use it. So I'm, I'm up and down, like, telling Ash, we got to go to Krispy Kreme. Because there's <laughs> one at Mohegan Sun. Yeah, yeah. Connecticut. It's the only one unless you go to New York. So finally, I convinced her. I'm like, can we please just go to the casino after a workout? I want to use these. They're going to expire. Mm-hmm. Like, they expire three weeks after they were issued. So they have to be used. I get her to go. We get to Krispy Kreme. I am so pumped. I get in line. We order a, a half dozen donuts. Mm-hmm. I get my coffee. I go up. I open up the app. I pull out the barcode part of it. And they're like, oh, we don't accept that here. And I was like, uh, what do you mean you don't accept it here? Like, we don't have the scanner for it. I was like, oh, okay. But like, it shows that I get two free donuts and a coffee. So yeah, like, isn't yeah. this proof that I have it? Yeah, but we don't have the scanner, so if we can't scan your phone, we can't give you the donut. And I like, I felt apparently the look on my face was pretty much the same <laughs> look as when your if your parents went, "There's no Santa." No. I went home and I'm like, I gotta write an email to corporate. I gotta at least tell them like, what the <laughs> fuck. So I did. I wrote a nice email just saying I was pumped about this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I went and got, like, told them the experience. I get an email back that was basically, "We're sorry that you're frustrated. Mohegan Sun is not." a location that has the scanner, but we'll bring it to that owner's attention that people are trying to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure, for sure that they were going to email me a coupon that I could print out 
sure. something. Right, right. Even if it was like, here's a coupon for a free donut. We're really, really sorry. We'll work on fixing the issue. We'll mm-hmm. work on telling the store they really need to get up to date because they're yep. the only one in New England. Nothing. They're like, we'll sit, we'll forward your email to, you know, the basically the next higher up. There's been no response. No, yeah. It's been a week. Uh, I'm just bummed because I'm like, I love your donuts. And I promote your donuts all the time. I'm like, Krispy Kreme. You're a big than fan. I know how much you and love I'm them. And I'm like, shame. Shame, Krispy Kreme. You dropped shame, the ball. Dude, dude. Shame, shame, dude. Shame on you. Bro, they just bro. dropped the ball. It just sucks because I'm like, how that was not great customer service. No, like, no We know you're not. frustrated. Really sorry. We'll let the store know. The store doesn't care. It just like. They wow. know they're the only one. They have no competition. Where else are you going to go? But there were Krispy a ton Kreme? of them. That's the thing. There were. Like, there were a ton in this area. And they're gone, except for that one, where it has the bakery and a store inside. So you would think that if Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks were able to hurt them that bad in this area, mm-hmm. they probably should work on their customer service yeah. to keep that location going. Absolutely. Because like, what's I was getting? I was owed two donuts and a coffee. What's a free donut then for a coupon for it? Yeah, I was just so pumped. So instead, I had to you know pay for it which was fine i mean it still tasted good i still ate three donuts and <laughs> it's still crispy cream it's still crispy cream yeah it's just frustrating yeah i get it uh so that yesterday uh <laughs> oh boy I for those a, who can't see mike yeah. is uh holding up his my he's right giving me hand. a thumbs up with his right thumb totally bandaged yes up. i am missing a chunk of thumb wonderful so uh i got up preparing food and I was going to chop up a sweet potato <laughs> to have for dinner. Uh, and I was going to prepare because I had to go to work. Mm-hmm. I had to work yesterday 1 to 9. So I'm cutting up the sweet potato. Everything's fine. I get cut the ends off, both ends. Cut it in half. I flipped the sweet potato over so it was easier to hold. Okay. And I'm cutting it, cutting it. And I'm using a Cutco knife. So it's, it's really sharp. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the ones that looks like it belongs in a Friday the 13th movie. Like it has the huge blade and it's like the blade is kind of like rounded, almost like a pirate sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm cutting and cutting and all of a sudden, because I cut stuff all the time. So I always like keep my fingers like curled. Yep. So that I don't As you're do supposed to. what I did. And I came down on an angle, caught the tip of the fingernail, took that off mm. along with basically a half moon shaped chunk of my thumb. Ooh. And I didn't even feel it. That's the thing. I hit it. Nothing. Didn't even know. I I hit it. I looked down at That's the dog. That's sharp. That's and I'm real like, sharp. I look. I'm like, lady, what are you doing? And then I look back, and there's just blood everywhere. And I was like, oh god. I literally went, you got to be shitting me. Like, dropped the knife, put my hand under the water, which that stung. Oh, of course. Pulled my hand out, and it's just like coming out. Oh, and I'm like, ah. I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? All right, I'm going to go into the bathroom. I'm going to clean it. So I put my hand in the water. I grab hydrogen peroxide, dump that on to try to clean it. And I'm grabbing toilet paper and packing it on. I'm like, and it's just soaking through, like not super fast, mm-hmm. but it's fast enough that I'm like, this might be a problem. So I just keep doing that. I'm packing toilet paper on, taking it off, checking. It's still coming out. So like I would pull the toilet paper off my hand and mm-hmm. look and it would just fill right up with blood and start to run down. Good Lord. And I'm like, oh, it's not, I was like, the cut's not huge, mm-hmm. but clearly I went deep. Yeah. So I yeah. hit something. So I just keep doing it over and over and over. And then 
I'm saying this when I text Ashley. I'm like, I cut my thumb open. I don't know what to do. I'm starting to feel a little woozy. So I can watch horror movies. I watch the Saw franchise. I can see, <laughs> I watch The Walking Dead where heads are bashed in, guts are falling yeah, out of yeah. people, not zombies. No problem. But for some reason, if I'm bleeding, there's a problem now. Well, yeah, that's when your anxiety really triggers well, it. when I it's like, my heart rate oh, going up me. and like my hearing starts to go a little and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my vision starts to go. And then, so at that point, I'm still packing on the, the toilet paper. I grab my phone. I like, I Google search. What do you do if you cut your thumb open? And I'm, first thing says, don't use hydrogen peroxide. No, so I'm no. Like, I'm off to a good start because for some reason it can damage the finger. And I'm like, oh, that was, oh. so I, I started off good. I'm thinking, let me clean it. Mm-hmm. So then I'm standing there going, all right, I don't want to, I don't have health insurance. So I don't want to go to the hospital because I'm not going to spend a million dollars on my thumb. So I got to stop it. I'll put a band aid on it and maybe some ice on top. Put the band aid on, soaks right through the band aid in seconds. That comes off. I'm like, oh, what do I do? Let me, let me freeze it and see if ice will work. So I grab the ice pack and put the ice pack on top of the paper towel. It's cold. I let it sit there for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I pull it off as, as if nothing ever happened, like as if I never did it. The blood just keeps coming out. And I'm like, oh, my God. I know this sounds nuts. All I could picture was Rambo 3 where he <laughs> shot and he takes fire and puts fire through his midsection. To cauterize, to cauterize the wound. It. Sure. Or lightsabers when they so cut I right text, through you. Yes. They just instantly So I texted Ashley and I go, I'm, she's on like text after text. You need to go to the doctor. Go to the emergency room. Go to an urgent care. Go, go, mm-hmm. go. I'm like, no, I have to be in work and. You know, this was 11 o'clock in the morning. It's now like 1230 or 1215. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shit. Uh, what do I do? So I literally grabbed the grill lighter. Oh, my I'm like, God. Standing there and I'm like, oh, let me Google search if this is even going to work. So, again, I grab my phone and I'm like, I Google search it. It's like, don't do it. It's going to hurt and it's not going to work and you're just going to burn yourself. So I was like, all right, that's not going to work. Which now, so at this point now, my stomach just starts to drop and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom because now I've made myself so worked up. Yeah. My body's now going to flush itself. (laughs) But like, I'm getting like that woozy feeling. So I go and I texted Ashley and I'm like, I don't feel good. I think I'm going to pass out. Mm -hmm. I need to go sit down. She didn't know I meant so sit on the toilet. Yeah. So I go in. And I've got my finger packed with uh, with um, toilet paper, and I use masking tape to tape it on. And I sit down on the toilet to go to the bathroom, all while feeling more and more lightheaded. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I really think I'm going to pass out because I'm getting, like, remember when a TV channel didn't work and it was all snow? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm starting to, like, kind of see that Good like, Lord. Like well yeah you're losing blood well there wasn't that it's not like i was gushing but there was enough blood but it was more of the reaction like i think my blood pressure went so high well so there's fast there's a level of stressed. shock too yeah right absolutely so i go to the bathroom now i'm like i'm done and i need to wipe myself but i'm not feeling so good so I go to wipe myself and lose my balance and smear poop all up the side of my my ass. <laughs> yeah, that's where the poop comes into the play. So now then I sit back down and now there's poop on my left butt cheek and on the left side of the toilet. And I'm sitting there like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm going to pass out. I'm like, Ashley's going to come over and find me on the ground with poop on the toilet, poop on my butt and blood all over the floor. So I, like, I sat there and I just closed my eyes and like tried to regain myself for a second. Got up. Got in the shower, rinsed off, cleaned the toilet. And I'm like, I'm just going to go to work, 
go to work. I walk in and the woman working was like, what did you do? And I'm so I told her and she's like, get out and go to the hospital. No, 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 I'm fine. It'll stop eventually. So I ended up, she, she's like, you have to go. So I went to the urgent care and I walk in and they're like, what did you do? And I showed them and they're like, all right, uh, come with us. At that point, it has been two hours of nonstop bleeding. I can't believe you didn't go to the hospital. I know I'm work stubborn. is important. No, I'm stubborn. <laughs> I know. I, I was because in my mind, I'm going, this is going to be like a thousand dollars and this is going to cost a ridiculous amount of money and I should just get in health insurance. And this is another example of why I should have it and blah, blah, blah. And I go in and they look at it and they're like, well, we got to get it to stop bleeding. We don't want to cauterize, cauterize it. Mm-hmm. So let, they sat me down. Uh, they put it in some kind of solution to clean mm-hmm. it. Holy shit, did that sting. Oh, no doubt. I don't think it was rubbing alcohol, but whatever it was, it, it was it was rough. So I'm sitting there and they're like, so we're going to have to give you a tetanus shot. And I'm like, oh. So then there's the argument of I don't want it. You need it. Well, I don't want it. But you need to get it because I was like, and what happens if I don't? Like, you could get tetanus. I was like, and what will that do? They went, kill you. <laughs> and oh. I was like, oh, all right, we'll do the tetanus shot because I'm stubborn. Again, like that. Uh, they It took them an hour to get it to stop bleeding. Finally, they came out with this light. It was, it looked like f- foam. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it was like some, like basically it's like an army grade mm-hmm. foam. Yeah, I know She's what you're like, talking we're going to get the bleeding to slow down and then we're going to pack that on your thumb mm-hmm. and that's going to cause it to clot. She goes, this is what it does. It forces it to clot. She's like, you hit a capillary. She's like, you went deep enough to hit the capillary mm-hmm. and that's why you're not going to stop bleeding. So they pack it in, wrap the thumb up. Um, which is now wrapped up. Uh, they were basically like, leave the wrapping on for a day or so. Yeah. Take the wrapping off. The packing will fall out when it's done clotting it fully. Mm-hmm. Keep a bandaid on it and just keep it clean. Which at that point, I'm like, well, how do I lift? <laughs> like, wow. They're like, how am I don't, work out? dummy. Well, she was basically like, you could do legs and if just don't grip anything. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to push, you need to use your palms. You have to like push. Yeah. But, like all of last night and all of today, like I can just feel my heartbeat in my thumb. It's yeah. like boom, 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 like nonstop. But uh, I have to take this off tonight, and I'm nervous because I'm like, what if it to starts see the to foam and well, everything? What if it starts to bleed again? Yeah, then I gotta go back. But uh, it sucks. It ended up only costing me 135 bucks. That's not bad considering. No. And I sat there and I went, wouldn't my insurance cost more than that? And she was like, probably. I was like, see, I don't need insurance. She's like, well, if it had been a car accident, you would have a lot of costs. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, very different. But it's a lesson learned. I I don't know. I I have to definitely stay focused. I mean, I don't know how I did it, but I nicked. I mean, I could have. And I sat there and I'm like, that could have been so much worse. Yeah. I could have just totally taken like half that top of the thumb off. It's true. I mean, that knife is sharp. So, so that was yesterday. Wow. And, uh. I am learning that tying your shoes, putting a jacket on, zipping up a coat, very difficult. All those things people yeah, take for granted. Tying your shoe with a pinky is just a, having is a, thumbs. I can't even. I, was, I sat and I went, I can't even play video games. Like, oh, I don't have no. a thumb to the like. The torture. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's life. But, no, I, I, I would. So, if I couldn't play games, that would be tough. It's. It was just. Uh, it's frustrating. But I'm alive and. Uh, I cleaned up all my messes. Literally. Guys, welcome back to the show, Mike Volpe. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back with blood and poop 
These are the things people missed in the uh, in the hiatus, or the the blood and poop stories from Mike Volpe. Yeah. Mm. So I'm just glad I didn't pass out because that would have really that sucks. There's a good chance I would have. In that have situation. you ever been in that like had that feeling where like you're of literally out? fighting the like you're you can feel like everything's going white. Oh, absolutely. You feel yourself 100%. shutting. It is a scary feeling. It's terrifying. Like, Don't pass out. Don't pass out. What do I do? One note usually happens. You pass I pass out. Do you? Yeah. What will cause that for you? Does blood do that? Uh, it's not the sight of things. It's more like my blood pressure dropping uh, precipitously very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I had gone to uh, get blood drawn before and there was a student lab tech doing it. And she had me like close your fist and all that stuff and put the needle in. And I don't look at my arm mm-hmm. because I don't I have a thing with needles. I just don't like seeing them. So I looked away. Yep. And when she was like, okay, you can relax your arm. I was like, oh, good. We're done. That wasn't so, so bad. Then she's like, so I uh, couldn't find the vein. <sighs> I'm like, oh, okay. She was like, let's try the other arm. I was like, all right, fine. I just want to go home now. Right? But, uh, so find the vein. That's yeah. your job. So we tried the other arm and I did the same thing. I looked away and then um, she had done the same thing. And then I... Uh, she was like, okay, um, having some difficulties here. I'm like, oh, okay. She was like, well, you can open up your hand now. I was like, all right. So I opened up my hand. All of a sudden, my hand turns purple. Oh, my God. And I was like, um, my hand is. And then I woke up on the floor. No way. Yep. Shit. So I don't know exactly what happened. You just dropped. Because I did. there was no blood. I didn't see anything. My hand just turned purple. And so there must have been some sort, because of my hand, like in the way the blood changed in my arm, mm-hmm. must have just changed the flow in my entire body. And my heart was like, uh, emergency, shut down. The brain just shut off. And yeah. That was it. Yeah. <coughs> wow. So that was fun. That's scary. It was It was not a good day. Uh, so... <laughs> Man, I don't even mind. Everything I say is going to feel petty now. No, but it's uh, like, why is, I would like a, a story from you. Maybe not you don't cut something off, but for God's sake, can another co-host have a story about poop and blood <laughs> that's not me for once? I have some blood stories, but no poop ones. Sorry. Uh, so my freak out is related to a game that I'm very excited for. South Park, the Fractured But Whole. Mm. Uh, the initial release. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going right into <laughs> a butt name after that. Uh, the initial release was supposed to be early December of last year, right. which was then pushed back to the first quarter of 2017. The latest update now says that the game will arrive anywhere between April 2017 mm. and March 2018. That is a really big window. That is a huge is window. Their, their big RPG, right? It is. This yeah. is the follow-up to Stick of Truth. Mm. Uh, on the positive side, this happened with Stick of Truth. And the reason it did is because Matt and Trey are like, no, this game has to be perfect. They're very, very picky about the things that they make. And if it's not good enough, it's going to keep getting worked on until it's good enough. Right. So that I love that they're, they're quality over just putting it out type people. Uh, but the fact that I have to wait till potentially March 2018 now is a tremendous bummer when I thought I was going to be playing in a month or two. Right. What's crazy too is that they put that. When did that announcement go out? That was last week. So last week they put out an announcement that a game you thought was going to come out in thirty to sixty days mm-hmm. won't be out for another potentially year. Year. I think they knew that. Like you would think that they probably had some inkling of that, unless the game was that close to completion, and then they went, "Oh, 
The only thing I could think is that there was a huge portion of the game that they maybe said, you know what? I don't think this is working. Right. And they decided to totally retool stuff. Could've. And they're not sure how long it's actually going to take. Be like, this might be a minor easy fix in that case, April 2017. Or it might completely disassemble what we've done with a large portion of the game. And we need to completely retool and rethink a lot of things. In that case, March 2018. Long time away. I don't I I, I don't like the range. Like if they were just gonna tell me it's delayed till next February 2018, I'd be like, okay. I can at least adjust my brain to focus on that release date now. The fact that they're leaving such a window is like the bigger problem for me. Like narrow it down a little bit, please. Right. That's huge. Oh, it's going to come out within this year span. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. That helps me plan things a lot. Right. (laughs) That's frustrating. It is. It's kind of a pain in the ass, but whatever. All right, so we have some reviews to do. Yeah. Uh, yours is an Amazon series that I have not had a chance to watch yet, but mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear about it. Yeah. Uh, Red Oaks. I put this on my Amazon watch list. Uh, I don't know. It's been there for a while, probably mm-hmm. since uh, I would I would say it's been sitting there not long after the first season came out, which was October of 2015. Mm-hmm. So it sat there for a while, and I'm like, uh, I don't. I don't have time for a new show. I don't have this. Finally, I decided I'm going to watch it. There's two seasons out. Uh, the second season only just came out November of this past year. Okay. I went through this whole series. Uh, it was like over Christmas time, New Year's time. Um, and it was really good. So the idea is it's a coming of age comedy set in uh, the 80s about a college student enjoying his last hurrah before summer comes to an end. Uh, He works at Red Oaks, which is a country club in New Jersey. He's an NYU student. uh, And the whole idea of the story is that he's trying to figure out what to do with his life. Mm -hmm. On one hand, he's got his dad going, you need to be an accountant like me. Okay. So you're going to go to school to be an accountant. Sure. And then he's got his girlfriend telling him to try to figure out you know, follow his heart, you know, do, do what you want. Follow your dreams, Billy. Exactly. <laughs> and then he's got, uh, Paul Reiser's in it. Oh, okay. If you're sure. Uh, who's awesome, which that was the reason why I actually watched the show. I'm like, God, I haven't seen this guy since mad about you. Right. Right. I have personally haven't, I got to check this out. I love this guy. He plays the president of the country club. Okay. Who has a love hate relationship with the main character who is, uh, David, uh, the show is very – it's kind of like a mesh between The Wonder Years and Caddyshack. Hmm. So you've got a kid kind of telling his story, uh, trying to figure out who he is, going, trying to figure out what direction he wants to go in while all these wild antics are happening around him. And what's nice is the episodes are 25 minutes long. Mm-hmm. There's 10 episodes per season. So it moves very quickly. Yeah, yeah. But they do a phenomenal job of introducing the characters, getting you to care about them or hate them, depending on which character it is. Right, right. And then have a vested interest in seeing what happens to all of them, uh, especially as you go into season two. They The stories start to become a little more intense. But you got your classic like super hot chick that all the nerdy guys mm-hmm. want to fall in love with, but she only likes the jocks. Yeah. Uh, you've got the kid trying to figure out what to do with his life. And then probably the guy who really stands out 
is uh his real name is Enos Esmer. Okay. He plays the pro uh tennis coach uh at the country club whose life is a complete mess. Oh. So he's in his like late 30s. His wife hates him. He's hitting on all the women in the club, but he's the expert on life. Oh, where yeah. his is falling apart. He becomes like the the mentor character. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But everything that he advises David to do is awful. Will backfire on David. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just the wildest thing. And you're sitting there watching, going, This dude is so far off course. And you're then watching David like take his advice because here's this guy who he thinks has the best life. Mm-hmm. But doesn't, and he's like, I'm gonna listen to him, and then it just causes issue after issue after issue. Uh, the show is really, really good, so you definitely should watch it. I don't know if there's gonna be a season three, mm-hmm. but what they did well is that by the end of season two, they've wrapped up every storyline in such a way that you can sit back and go, that was a hundred percent satisfying. Cool, that's great. So if they do a season three, awesome. If they don't. You will be very happy. There's no like big cliffhanger. Everything's wrapped up in a very, very good way. Now you mentioned the Wonder Years as being part of like the combination of this. Kind is, of, yeah. Are you saying that that kind of mechanic of having the uh, internal monologue well, audible it, to the audience is part of, of it? Uh, there's not not so much that part, but it's the I related to that because of like that feeling of of like family how that okay. show brought that together sure there's a there's a big sense of that here but then i mean i you sit there you could come you can compare it to even like roseanne or al bundy and certain like it definitely steals aspects from a lot of shows um but for some reason to me it had that wonders years feel to it okay um and then of course like i said caddyshack um there's not so much the inner monologue but there's, I don't know how to explain it. I'm trying to put the words in my, it's getting my head out of my mouth. Yeah. Um. There, there's a, there's an underlying story of like trust and family that's there mm-hmm. uh, that starts to come out more and more as the show goes on. Okay. Um, and I mean, because ultimately it's trying to teach you a lesson about life and it does so very successfully. Um, but I think... I think it's a show that you would like. I cool. think it's a show most people would like. And it and seems haven't easily it, bingeable, being only 25 minutes and 10 episodes. I mean, I blew season. through the first season. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. I didn't know there were only 10 episodes. And then it was done. I was like, holy shit. Thank God there's another season because if I had to wait, I would have been pissed. That's kind of like Silicon Valley. Like they're they're roughly like 10 episode seasons. They're 25 minutes long. Right. You blow through them really fast. And they're so high quality. Like I like shows that are planned out. And that's the nice thing about binge tv and the fact yeah. that they'll make something for uh releasing it all in one big chunk is that they're kind of fleshing out that whole story at once right. and it's already it's done and settled they've split it up amongst the episodes that they know they're going to get there's not going to be like a mid-season extra order of episodes and now they have filler yep. where it just becomes qu- quantity over quality right so generally shows created in that fashion are much more efficiently done and of a higher like density of uh, quality within yeah. the time frame. What's nice too about these shows, especially with this one, is because it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, it'd be rated R. There's nudity. There's sure. swearing. 
it's you you can get more i felt like i was more attached to these characters because i'm like this is more like real life yeah there's no censoring yeah. this isn't like oh we can't say that we have to cut this because we're on you know regular tv yep it, it definitely makes a huge difference and i think having like you said having that package where you could just deliver the whole series yeah, at yeah. once is a huge huge i Absolutely. wish they could do that with everything like this is the way TV needs to go. I agree. I don't want those commercial breaks. Like even when you watch something after the fact, when commercials yeah. have been removed from the equation, if you have those like little places where you're like, oh, that's where the commercial was, it mm -hmm. still kind of pulls you out of it just a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you get a little bit like it comes back and you're in an awkward place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like watching wrestling. They come back from commercial break. And you're Mid match, like, but where, it's where like what minutes gone. Yeah. yeah, totally. Cool. All right, sounds good. Uh, the thing that I'm talking about today for my review is Arrival, which is a movie that came out earlier this year. I wanted to see that. Lots of critical acclaim. Uh, this stars Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. And I didn't even know Jeremy Renner was in it from yeah, most of the either. promotion stuff. So, uh, Amy Adams plays like a linguist, um, at a university teaching language and the evolution of, uh, communication and all that kind of stuff. Jeremy Renner is like a theoretical physicist. And together, these two are working for the government because these pods, these large, like, teardrop-looking, metal-floating spaceships have appeared in, like, 15 locations. It's either 12 or 15, something like that, all throughout the world. The locations don't seem to be based on anything in particular. It's not like they're landing at big landmarks or anything. Uh, and in this particular location that Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner are going into... They're uh, going up inside this ship and there's two aliens in there uh, that they call heptapods because they have kind of like an octopusy type look to mm -hmm. them. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say octopusy on the show. Uh, <laughs> an octopus off the list. <laughs> an octopus like uh, uh, look to them. And they're separated between or by a big translucent piece of glass or whatever material it's made mm -hmm. of because those aliens have their atmosphere on their side. Oh, okay. And their language is nothing like ours. So they can't survive in our atmosphere. No, no. Okay. So, I mean, they don't say necessarily that they can't, but you just it's kind of implied. assume yeah. that that is the case. Uh, so you have the heptapods on one side, you have the humans on the other. Neither speaks the other's language. There's no like universal translation going on here. So the job here is to figure out mainly by deciphering their language, how not only can we communicate with them, uh, how can we ask them, who are you and why are you here? But also understand their language well enough to understand their response, because if we misinterpret right. their response, something that they say that might be friendly, we could interpret as hostile. And then you have a whole new problem. Oh, yeah, because you're not understanding properly. Now, the interesting thing about this movie, and I had heard this prior. Now, it seems like, oh, deciphering an alien's language is going to be the most exciting movie. But it's about even more than that because it's also a character study about Amy Adams' character. It's really about her. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other interesting thing about the movie that I had heard before is that even though this is a movie about aliens arriving and building the communication, that's almost a device to push forward the overall meaning and message of the movie. So the movie's about even more than just that. It's it's true, pure sci-fi mm -hmm. in the fact that they're making points and um, making you think about the human condition 
and life through this story that explores things that don't at first seem related. Right. And I think that's what good classic sci-fi does. It makes you uh, think about broader concepts and bigger ideas through this kind of fantastical story that you're slowly un- unveiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that way, it's a very, very strong movie, very effective movie, very well done. Definitely one of the better movies I've seen so far this year, for sure. Cool. I got to watch it. That was something I wanted to see in the theaters. and just uh, Yeah, same, same. It just did not get to came just and went lack of babysitter and, you know, issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, good. I'll have to rent it. It's great. All right. Let's go into our news for yeah. this week. Uh, first of all, we have a breaking news story that just came out earlier today. Following Ben Affleck's recent stepping down as director of the Batman, Warner Brothers has found a replacement in Matt Reeves, the helmer behind Cloverfield and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So this is a guy that's clearly done some work for Warner Brothers in the past. Yep. They like his work enough to give him the Batman, which is a cool. huge thing. Uh, I don't have necessarily an opinion on it one way or the other. I enjoyed Cloverfield. Uh, I liked Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The one thing that I will say about what I've seen this director do is that he seems to be able to do street level, gritty uh, action based things and yet still be able to capture that grander scale mm-hmm. like both Cloverfield yeah. and so they both kind of get street level yep. deal with character things and then they also kind of go heavy special effects and bigger epic things yeah. at the same time so if that's what we're looking for with something like the Batman which is kind of what I think we should right uh, he seems like a good choice yeah so unless I see anything different I fully support this there's been no uh, mention of what the story arc is. is there no, aside from yet? the aside from the fact that uh, Deadshot, not Deadshot, uh, Deathstroke is going to be the villain. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, we don't really know too much. Well, at least they got a director who knows what he's doing. Seems like. Cool. Via Instagram, Kevin Smith recently provided a status update on several projects that he's been working on, All as right. well as an announcement of a new one. This is a long quote, so bear with me. I even took some stuff out just to make sure that I wasn't reading for hours on end. Uh, Smith said, quote, here's the story. Sadly, Clerks 3 can't happen. One of our four leads opted out of the flick. No shit. That's the first big bummer right away. Wow. Which one of the four pussied out? I don't know. That's it's probably him. I don't know. It turns out it's him. He's like, I just don't want to do it. Anymore. I don't want to do my I own lost movie. weight. You know, I can't really. <laughs> So I worked on a Mallrats movie instead, which also didn't happen because it turned into a Mallrats series. I've pitched said sequel series to six different networks only to find no takers thus far. So it's not dead, but and I'm stepping out of the quote for a minute. It's not dead, but uh, it's so far. No, no. hooks. Oh, like Amazon or yeah. Netflix. Like. Uh, mind you, I'm not complaining. Nobody gets to make everything they want to make in this business. Then when I started directing the CW shows, it was such a uh, such a slice of heaven on earth. I happily put my Universe sequels to the side. Since I sold Clerks and Mallrats years ago, they're owned by others, which limits my moves with my own material. I don't mind. Back in the day, all I ever wanted to do was sell my stuff so I could be in the movie biz in the first place. So I don't own Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, or Dogma. But I do own Jay and Silent Bob. So, while I love playing with someone else's new toys on The Flash and Supergirl, I'm getting eager to play with my old toys again in the interconnected Viewers Universe. I spent the first half of my career creating, and so all last month, I had the time of my life laughing while writing Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. 
Yes. A fun flick in which the Jersey Boys have to go back to Hollywood to stop a brand new reboot of the old Blunt Man and Chronic movie they hated so much. It's a tongue-in-cheek, silly-ass satire that pokes fun at the movie business's recent redo obsession, featuring an all-star cast of cameos and familiar faces. And I already met with the good old folks at Miramax, and they're into it. So I'm hoping we'll be shooting in the summer. Never give up, kids. You can do anything you want in life, so long as you're patient and malleable. Well, what started off as a sad story ended on a good note. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this. I like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I do, too. And I... I love the view of uh, view universe. I yeah. love Jay and Silent Bob. Very cool. uh, I love that it's going to be poking fun at reboot culture, which yes, is something we God. make fun of all the time. So seeing more people taking uh, shots at that, I'm totally down for. Have you gone to their comic book store yet? I have not. Their show is great. The comic book man. I haven't yeah. seen it. You haven't? No. Oh, I have it. Uh, I watch it on demand. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. It's like right after Walking Dead too. So that's like yeah. perfect for you. So I usually watch it on a Monday or Tuesday. I think it's a really great show. I'm I mean, sure he's it in is. it for like two seconds each yeah. episode. Yeah. But I want to get down there and uh and see the place. So uh, yeah, really Jane cool. Silent Bob Secret Stash yeah. in Red Bank, New Jersey, I believe. Yeah. Mm. I know of it and where it is. I've just never been there. Road trip. Road trip. Uh, producer Adi Shankar of Dread and the Grey fame has revealed that he's working on a Castlevania animated series for Netflix mm. with a first season due in 2017 and a second due the following year. Additionally, Warren Ellis from the Red graphic novel is writing, while Adventure Time's Kevin Cold is also involved. Details like the plot or voice cast aren't available, although Shankar has dribbled out a few hints in the past. In 2016, he suggested that his in-progress show, should be dark, satirical, and flip the vampire subgenre on its head. Very cool. That was a great game. It was. I'm kind of shocked to see that Castlevania is something that's still in the uh, the minds of people enough to put it into a series form. Not only that, but vampires as a whole, too. Yeah. That's still going strong. Vampires still vampire going strong. Thing. Absolutely. Hmm. Sony has released a list of features that PS4 owners can look forward to when System Update 5. Point, uh, sorry, 4.5 drops. The biggest new feature is that PS4s will now support external USB 3.0 hard drives up to 8 terabytes in size. Originally, external hard drives would only allow storage of media like videos and music, but now you'll also be able to download your digital games directly to it. Also, users will now be able to select any in-game screenshot as their home screen background, as well as gain the ability to watch 3D movies in stereoscopic 3D directly on the PSVR headset. So the ability to expand your PS4 via external hard drive and actually be able to install and play your games based off that hard mm -hmm. drive is pretty great. That is cool. It kind of gives you unlimited expandability. You which mentioned is uh, VR awesome. for a second. Have you experienced that yet? I have. Yes. And? Uh, PAX East last year, uh, we were fortunate enough to play a few different games that use VR. Yeah. The first of which was a game called Faded the Silent Oath. It was, and it was using the, I believe we were actually using the PSVR mm -hmm. hardware, but mm, now that I think about it, maybe not. It might have been like Oculus or uh, Vive or something like yeah. that. But the experience uh, was kind of mind blowing. Really? The the I thought maybe I would get motion sick or something or mm -hmm. the latency would be enough to kind of make my eyes wonky or whatever. It was incredibly immersive. The The biggest shocker about it is how real your body buys in or how quickly your body buys into that being a reality for you. Really? So like in this particular game, I'm sitting in a horse cart. And we're just riding along and I can look to the right and I can see my daughter sitting there. I can look behind me and I can see like two of the members of my family behind yeah. me. Uh, and we're riding in this horse cart and then all of a sudden it starts picking up steam 
and we're running we're like going really really quick and galloping and then we're on a mountainside but we're on a path that has a steep cliff drop sure and as like the cart starts to like go towards the edge and i can see over the edge i'm like oh holy shit and my body's like that looks real to me so So, let's have those kind of reactions lean to the side and look like i could does it in the game yeah like i could kind of oh i could edge over and kind of peer over the side a little bit and i would see like if i turn around behind me yeah i see my family sitting behind me and their reactions to everything it's very very interesting just like if you had used the controller and turned with the stick yeah yeah and it's really immersive um in this particular game it's called faded the silent oath because the main character is mute okay so the character that you are from a first person's uh, perspective can't talk which actually lends itself well to the hardware so like you go and you you look at your daughter and she asks you a question you either have to nod your head up and down or left and right to respond yeah and if you don't do anything she'll be like why are you ignoring me dad like Hmm. so it's it's attaching you in a very kinetic way yeah to the characters that you're supposed to be relating to in the game it's very interesting i have not experienced it yet it's really cool curious to see if like the headset would uh distract from the game after a while like wearing headphones does you know it starts maybe to get- yeah i mean we played i think an e mm-hmm. like a 12-ish minute demo mm-hmm. something around uh that so i mean at that point i'm not really gonna get sick no. of the hardware but i guess if something were kind of big and clunky then eventually it would start to bother you you think this is where it's going i think or is VR's- this gonna be like a 3d gimmick where I- it's like cool it's there but nah. i think vr is here to stay yeah. um not only because I think that it's great on things like Ocul- uh, Oculus and Vive and having yeah. it on the PC. I don't think a lot of people are going to have PCs powerful enough to get into that. And the price point is definitely higher to make it happen. I think PSVR is going to be the mainstreaming of it to make people comfortable and familiar with the concept of VR. And then that'll start to branch out from there yeah. and getting me people being like, oh, I want the higher end version of this. Yeah. So let's get a computer capable of it let's uh let's get the headsets that are a little more because it's going to be it's going to be interesting they're using vr for a lot of interesting stuff outside of gaming too so right um, i even see things uh, vr for your with your phone yeah yeah commercials for it i'm like how how does that work yeah well that's kids walking down the street that's more uh like when you're putting the phone in something yeah yeah, that's more i think Mm -hmm. kind of just viewing 360 video okay so like if you go on youtube and you look at a 360 video have you looked at those at all yeah, I see Disney and like different yeah. amusement parks. Post like if that you do it with your phone, you move your phone around, it moves yeah. and everything, so which I is could great. Do it with the headset. So if you put it on the headset, it does that. I think it's just kind of that. The I think the VR is yeah. a little kind of a. It's a little cheesy, a little exaggerated because they sell now. those headsets for like twenty bucks, and I stood there looking at one at Fye, and, and you're like, like yeah, bucks. how how? It's so just like, a different way to this. just to fill your peripheral with the view of your phone for a 360 video. I think is the yeah. whole gimmick right there. Uh, I have really exciting news for you, Mike Volpe. Oh, okay. I know how exciting these things are for you. Sci-Fi and the Asylum have announced that Ian Ziering and Tara Reid oh will return to star in Sharknado 5. Reprising their roles as shark-fighting heroes Finn Shepard and April Wexler, the latest film in the hit global franchise, Sharknado 5 features the return of original cast member Cassie Scarabo as Nova. Oh, oh, she's back. Boobs McGee is Boobs returning McGee to the franchise. He is back a bartender turned badass sharknado fighter uh, uh. in sharknado 5 with much of north america lying in ruins the rest of the world braces for the inevitable a global 
Sharknado. Oh my god. Finn and his family must put a stop to this disaster before Earth is completely obliterated. You know what this means. Uh, what? That Sharknado 6 will be in space. Dun dun. <laughs> Sharks in space? That it's would be gonna amazing. Have to be that would be amazing. They went from a little place to bigger <laughs> to bigger. Now global space is the next frontier. Yeah. Now, admittedly. I still have not seen anything but the first one. No, I was going to say the same thing. We watched, for people that want to check it out, oh, uh, if you've seen uh, the first Sharknado or if you want to rewatch it, it is the only one that still I've watched. But actually, Mike Volpe and I. Uh, we recorded yeah. a commentary track as an episode of the podcast, so you can go back into the archives and check that out. You can actually put the movie on and sync it up with the podcast. We'll do that with you during the episode, and you can watch Sharknado along with us. Uh, it was my second time watching it, and I think your first Yeah, as we recorded that It's kind of like track. Pink Floyd's The Wall yeah. and The Wizard of Oz, Yeah, only better. Yeah, because it's Sharknado. And, and it's, it's us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, there's one thing, though, that I'm kind of disappointed about with a Sharknado sequel, um, that we still have not seen the one that we prophesized. Yeah. And for people that miss that, here's a brief trailer that we've shown before but maybe uh, uh <laughs> maybe you missed it the first time around first there was sharknado <laughs> now the ultimate storm approaches and oh, <laughs> schwarzenado i did nothing the pavement was his enemy get to the chopper Schwarzenado. I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach. You son of a bitch. One of us is in deep trouble. Schwarzenado. Freeze in hell. He molested, murdered, and mutilated her. What the fuck? Donna! Coming soon. Someday they'll take Still my pitch and yeah. make it happen. Someday. Maybe when they finally run out of places to bring the Sharknado, we'll get All right. We need to make time to watch these. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I need to know what the heck <laughs> they've done with three other ones and now, you know, a fourth sequel. Yeah. And then the fifth right around the corner. The only other thing they could do is go do a prequel at some point. And oh, like, God. How did it all begin? Sharknado the reboot. Oh, God. Retoothed, retoothed. How do you reboot something that's so shitty? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's easy to do. You should reboot the shitty stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly but, what you do. Oh man! Paramount Pictures has announced that the new Friday the Thirteenth movie has been removed from its schedule. Fuck me! And the Hollywood Reporter is adding that the planned reboot has been completely shut down. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe with less than six weeks to go before filming was to have started, the studio pulled the plug on the film which was set to open on October 13th of this year. While the reason is unknown, one factor could be the poor performance of Paramount's Rings, which opened to only $13 million. Maybe that's a sign. $13 million dun, for Friday dun, the 13th. See, they look at all the negative. They're not seeing the positive. Maybe they need to realize that rebooting isn't the best way to go. Maybe yeah. they need to just continue the franchise, Maybe, if they can. Yeah, and... Bring him back from space. Yeah, right. Well, there's a big gap, you know, in that time. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah they got to do something. I mean, who? I don't know. I would like to see another Friday the 13th. No, I know you would. This is your thing. You'd I like more. Know. They rebooted it in 2009. Yeah. 
they should just continue it from there because it, I personally didn't think it was terrible. I thought mm-hmm. they did a good job of kind of retelling the story. So just continue with it. Do you think maybe they're putting on the shelf for now and maybe because I have a feeling that Friday the 13th game is going to be quite popular. That Maybe that's what they're waiting for. Let's see what the game does. Mm-hmm. The game blows up and then they can... And if there's an audience a lot in place, more interest in yeah, it and then they can uh, they can bring it back. I mean, the Saw series. There's supposed to be a new Saw movie coming out this Halloween, so they wanted to. They had. Well, I know it's all. I'm taking on a tangent, but because I know you don't <laughs> like those movies, but because they were forced to rush through the last yeah, one, they yeah. didn't get to tell the full story, so they're kind of going back and doing it the right way or something. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I think this game is going to be awesome. And uh, maybe this is a smart move. Maybe. As long as we get a new one, that's, that's all, all that matters. matters. Yep. Finally, Netflix has announced that the OA, a show that we talked about last week, the sci-fi drama that made its surprise debut last year has been renewed for a second season. So congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. I uh, have continued a little bit. Uh, I watched, I think, episode four since we talked about it last week. I still have the remainder. Uh, I think he said it was eight episodes. So I still have the second half. Of the season to watch, but I'm still in. It's still uh, pretty good. I have not had time to start anything new. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. You're busy cutting your thumbs off. I'm so. Cutting my thumbs off and working, and then trying to decide on Sunday: Do I watch The Walking Dead or do I watch the WWE pay per view? They're oh happening at the same time. Well, what do I do? The pressures. I'll watch one on my phone and watch the other one on the TV <laughs> <laughs> somehow. Dual screen. Good lord. Good lord. All right, uh, we are then going to transition into our interview with Emily Beecham. She plays the widow on Into the Badlands. Uh, we did this interview when Into the Badlands season one was coming out on DVD and Blu-ray uh, a few months ago. And now just around the corner, I believe in March, is when the premiere of Into the Badlands season two is coming on AMC. So enjoy this interview. Hi, Rob. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Good. Uh, I know we don't have too much time together, so I want to jump right into it, if that's okay with you. Uh, You're in the middle of filming season two right now, correct? Yes, we are. Yeah. Nearly at the end. We finish in December. Oh, wow. Race through. Yeah, I know. It's been a whirlwind. So I think it's safe to say, without giving away too much, that the widow does not die in (laughs) the first episode of the season. (laughs) Oh, no. I gave away a spoiler and I didn't realize well, I'm not dead now. <laughs> you just said it's safe to say the widow is not dead. Oh, no, no spoilers at all. Well, I mean, if, if we're on that anyway, you might as well just lay out everything that happens in season two for us, right? And just oh, go through God. everything. An amateur. Oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> How much, though, on that topic do you get to see beforehand? Do you get it episode by episode, or do you kind of get more of the larger story arc from the beginning? We, we, um, Alan Miles will talk to us about the story arc before and then, but we get each episode. We don't know all the dialogue and the specific scenes until we get each episode before each block. So, each, yeah. So we get each episode a few weeks before. Okay. So, uh, I can't even tell you, even if I had to, because I don't even know. <laughs> oh, okay. Another spoilers, yeah. What was it that drew, drew you to this particular role of the widow? Because she's she's a very strong character, but is still very vulnerable at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's a, a really realistic character. 
um, that people can connect to. I think it's always a bit distancing if you're watching a character that just has absolutely no fears or vulnerabilities at all. Mm. And I think that's why she's a, a character that I think is easier to connect to. Uh, because she's brave and she's fighting for something that seems impossible, but to her it seems so right. You know, she's an idealist and she wants to fight for equality in the Badlands. And um, but at the same time, it, it makes her vulnerable as well because she is on her own. Yeah, and I think she's identifiable too in a way because even though yeah. the majority of season one shows her as a villain, she leads mm. some or, or drops some hints that she's fighting for a purpose that we didn't necessarily think was the case. Yes, it's very unusual. She's a bit of an anarchist in the Badlands because nobody else wants what she wants. Nobody else uh, agrees. What was the audition process like for this? Did you have to come in with a certain physicality because the role demands so much of that? Well, initially uh, they requested that somebody had just some experience with physical things. Just had to talk about in our audition what, you know, I, I'd had experience with ballet and stage combat, but I mean, I mean, not, not really, not really the same thing. Um, I'd only been fighting with broadswords and <laughs> it's a very different experience. I mean, um, Kung Fu is really fast and really, really intense, very athletic. So I wasn't really, yeah. So, um, yeah. And we just, I, I, I auditioned in Britain a couple of times mm -hmm. and then I did the test, final round test in Los Angeles, which, which was just doing the scenes. They never tested us on, um, our martial arts skills because we had the five week training pre-shoot. So we had before the, first series we had a five week training fight training so you developed all that in only five weeks yes that's impressive <laughs> it was so intense it was it was the most intense physical five weeks i think i've ever had in my life it, i learned a lot about bodies in general and <laughs> muscles and physiology oh my gosh yeah really really intense um there's a lot of supplements and pro there's a lot of protein shakes and yeah. <laughs> electrolytes and because we were, we were also doing the training in new orleans and the heat was intense as well so we had to get used to that and adjust to that because a lot of the fight scenes were outside sure in the in, in the hottest time of the year in new orleans um yeah yeah intense is the word for the whole experience yeah <laughs> but it was very gratifying you know once we saw it the production has moved on from uh from New Orleans, right? You've moved into another area now. Yeah, we're not. We're shooting in Dublin right now. So, how has it been over there compared to uh, New Orleans? Well, uh, weather-wise, it's easier to do the fighting. <laughs> 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 the air, the oxygen, there is oxygen to breathe. Um, easier to breathe when you're fighting. Yes, yeah, great. Um, I think the landscape, such a rich landscape here, and and. Yeah, the the whole land really develops, and it's great because obviously, the Badlands, the world expands. So it, it it's obviously a whole different flavor, and yeah, I think as the yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's been great shooting here. Have you uh, prior to this had as much extensive wire work as was required in this? Because I saw, and on the the DVD itself, it has great behind the scenes where you are basically fighting horizontally and things yes. like that. That had to be new to you. Oh goodness, yes. Yeah, no, I'd never done harness work in my life before this, before Badlands. Um, it's a balancing act. It's yeah, it's 
yeah, you have to have the core strength and balance to do the wire work. Yeah, that scene that you probably saw, they taught me, I, I learned that sequence. We do it, we film it very guerrilla style, so which is very unusual apparently for for any action movie. So we don't actually learn any choreography before we shoot. Oh, wow. Uh, we know, yeah, so we step onto the set and we have no idea what we're going to do. And Master Didi is, um, he choreographs it when he's there on the set. And that's probably why it adds to the whole creative. Because the fight, I think the fights are quite unusual and quite creative. So he, yeah, he, he choreographs it as he goes along and he teaches us some moves. We go through it. Sometimes twice, you know, and until you just about know it, and then you have to shoot it really fast, full full pelt, and just really go for it and trust. You just have to trust yourself that you know it, and you're not going to panic and stop. Right. You know, and and it's fine. So yes, they they taught me that sequence, that particular, which was quite a complicated sequence with the katana, two katana swords, and then I got onto the set and I'm like, by the way you're going to be on a harness and you're also going to be sideways on a wall. So you're going to be walking backwards on a wall and Daniel's going to be standing on the floor. So it's going to be, so the fight was completely unrecognizable to yeah. me because I'd just been fighting him the right way. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, but it worked. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the choreography is being developed on the set, on the fly like that, how, how yeah. often are injuries happening? Because it just seems like an environment for danger. Yes, it does. Well, nobody, Nobody has been injured, but that's part of, I think that just goes, I think you have to expect to get bruised and a little bit hurt and teeny bit beaten up or if you're doing an action, an action like we are, you know, um, intense martial arts, kung fu fight scenes. I think you, you do get a little bit bruised, but no, nobody's, um, nobody's been injured. Well, I imagine your background as a dancer helps with that a lot because yeah. the fights are, like you said, they're not uh, the conventional fight and they're very, very dance-like in their execution. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah, that helps, especially with the kicking and the balance. And it also helped being on the stilettos. In, in, a, in a way, I, find, I actually found it easier fighting on the stilettos than I did walking or standing still on the stilettos. Wow. Just standing still, I just kept falling over because they're so high. But when you're moving, you've got the momentum of the movement. It's it's a bit more like dancing or being on your, the balls of your feet. But yeah, <laughs> surprisingly. I'm always curious, too, uh, because in the, in the series, you don't have your accent. You have more of an American accent. And yeah. it's always fascinating to me for people to drop that accent. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know what an American accent is. What would I even do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, must be a bit discombobulating. So, what 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 does that involve for you? Uh, oh, what like, does that involve? What, for are me? there words that you go to? Yeah, are there words you go to. Are there phrases where you can like activate that? Are there phrases and words? Uh, yes. Well, my mom is American, so and and a lot of the cast are American, so I, I just speak in an American accent to them and. And my mother's my my mother's side of the family they're all from Arizona from Phoenix Arizona so I'm I'm used to listening to American accents but we also had a dialect coach who was who was great and she had lots of words for us yeah what what are some of the things that your dialect coach would teach you to to Americanize a certain word like what sounds do you change mm, well it's the the vowels she says that the the R's 
wrap around the vowels because <laughs> a lot of a lot of the time when British people try to do an American accent, they just make the R's really heavy. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds kind of crazy, um, but it's yeah, it's, it's the vowel kind of the R wraps around the vowel. Yeah, I thought that was quite a kind of nice visual. She gives you good visuals like that. There were no no there were no words, but you know, there's plenty of, you can copy a ton of people and. Sanctuary. Sanctuary is a hard one. There's lots of words because the dialogue in the show is so unusual and almost period like it's almost kind of fantasy medieval like yeah. the way they say things is so <laughs> that coupled with an American accent is is a is really difficult actually. Um but yeah, saying sanctuary. Yeah, what else? There's some other other challenging words. Aliane this is with me, she just <laughs> yeah, that's, that's 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 a lot of difficult ones. More on you, uh, uh, personally. We at the Geek Generation believe that being a geek isn't necessarily about what you like, but more about the obsessive way that you kind of like something. And I'm curious about you yourself. Uh, are there things that you would say you geek out about that you're really obsessed with? What do I geek out about that I'm obsessed with? Um, somebody asked me this before, and I find it. Strangely, quite difficult to work out. Oh. I love um, we um, I love um, flea markets and thrifty finds. Yeah. I like um, I like vintage. I like I like I like vintage because it's so like it's one of a kind, and you find that like, you found something unusual that might have a little story to it, or just feel like they've got more character. <laughs> I like things like that. Well, well, I don't know. Well, I was like geek out about. Oh, Ali says I geek out about a lot of things. Oh, yeah. So I'm clearly not very self-aware. <laughs> music. Yeah, yeah, I geek out about music, yeah. What kind of music are you into? Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Edgar Wright. Yeah, I geek out about Edgar Wright. I like comedy. I like comedy. Yeah, I geek out about comedy. Yeah, I, what, I'm listening to a lot of... I'm listening to a band called Das Mortal at the moment, which... Is on the Stranger Thing constantly, which is on the Stranger <laughs> Things soundtrack. Oh it's yeah, got great electro. Oh my gosh, what a brilliant soundtrack! Yeah, great um, series, great music. Yeah, so it's, it's a a band called Dust Mortal and Magic Sword, which are two really good bands. Which yeah, I'm geeking out about at the moment. With your uh, interest in flea markets and vintage finds, you must have a temptation to pull some of those costumes from wardrobe home with you, no? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe not the stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, my feet are a bit numb. Um, yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, the costumes are really, really um, creative. I love them. The sort of Asian fusion, mm. the Asian leather period fusion. Yeah, they all surprise me every time they pull out a new a new costume, and I think I really win on the costume front. I think I've been spoiled for the costumes out of all the characters on the Badlands. Oh yeah. Um, although her palette is quite limited, she she only wears black, but um, but the the costumes are really really cool, and uh, yeah, the costumes in in season two are, are very cool as well. Yeah. So uh, when you're doing all the fighting scenes and things like that, too, and you had to use weapons, was weapon work a new thing for you or was this something you've dealt with before? Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a drama school. I'd, we'd done a little bit of stage combat with broadswords, but that was it. It was, yeah, it was a completely new experience. 
Yeah, and when you're first working with these weapons, you get a lot of blisters and you just have to sort of, it's like playing guitar, really. You sort of have to get your hands used to it because they're heavy, you know, they're heavy, hard instruments and you're using them a lot. Yeah, you definitely get used to it. I'm much better at the katanas now. The katanas were quite challenging for me at first. I found the daggers easier because they're shorter and they're they're lighter, easier for a woman to use. Um, And I found the larger swords a lot harder. Um, But I'm, yeah, getting a lot more used to them now. Yeah, just, yeah, just practice really and experience with them. Um, Yeah, the weapons, yeah, they were, yeah, they're fine. They're easy to use once you're doing the scene and you have the motive because Obviously, it comes naturally because you're trying to fight. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, is there anything? Is there anything we can plug for you? Social media or anything like that? Uh, I guess I have a Twitter and Instagram account. Yeah, I post things about Badlands on that. Sometimes, what I'm allowed to post. <laughs> um, All the spoilers. I can post more things when the shows come out. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do. I have Twitter and Instagram. So. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciated the talk. Thank you. Final thoughts or something you would like to plug, Mike Volby? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instapoop, which is uh, at Mike from the gym. So please follow me. All right. To see everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can watch live podcasts, cooking, and gaming at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. You can support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support where you will also, if you are supporting on GameWisp on our support site, you will get the podcast on Mondays where everybody else will get it on Wednesdays. So if you are in a rush to get it, that is the only way to do so, to get it early. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back next week with more geek stuff, geeky stuff, geeky stuff for you. <laughs> and we will see you then. See ya. Later. Make it so.